very much for joining me for another episode of the Miami Comedy Podcast, where I go live with the people of Miami and say, what is up? How are you? I hope you guys are having a great day so far. Wednesdays are usually my day off, and I took a nap. Like, no, I've never, I've never slept like this. Have you guys taken a nap so well that you, you sweat? I've never, this has never happened to me before. I've heard about this, where people sweat when they sleep. Is it because you, you your body needed that needed it that much that your body like wakes you up doused? Man, I was it is it stress? Mocha, you you stressed out. You seem like the person that would be stressed out. Right? For no reason. Oh man, I'm I was I was stressed. I didn't even know I was stressed. Why do let me look this up. Why do people sweat when they're in their sleep? <laughs> the other one says, why do people sweat when they eat? <laughs> that because, that's because the food is good, right? If you sweat while you're eating, that means whatever it is you're eating is so delicious that your natural instinct is to kind of like scarf it all down. So you start sweating. That happens to me, all right? Whenever I eat Indian food, I'm definitely sweating, Okay. And it's because I'm enjoying it so much. Usually, whether you know it or not, you salivate and typically produce extra saliva when you eat. This is your body's way of aiding the digestive process. If, ner- if your nerves or glands are damaged, you may start sweating instead of salivating due to your body's mixed signals. <laughs> oh, man. You might have a fever, bro. No, man, I felt great. I felt absolutely great. I just, you know, when you lay down and then it just, you just fall asleep, right? It's just one of those, man. Uh, I woke up early today to go to the gym. You know what? Maybe my trainers is uh, stressing me out. My trainer stresses me out. My trainer sound, my trainer treats me like the kind of person that would have a bad day and then take it out on his client, right? Like the night before he probably argues with his girlfriend or someone in his immediate family and be like, you know, tomorrow... I'm going to make Manny pay for this. <laughs> and then, you know, he makes me start lifting weights and he doesn't let me rest. And he's the kind of guy that as, as I'm working out, he's not paying attention, right? He's on his phone, just looking at memes. And then when he sees me, like, slowing down, he's like, no, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. It's like, that's the only way he pays attention when I, when I stop working out. If I try to stop and take a break, he's like, hey, 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 let's keep it going. Next rep. And then when I'm doing good, he's, he's looking away at his phone. Um, let's see. Why do people uh, sweating when you sleep? This is great how we're trying to figure out um, certain health issues here on the podcast. I hope you guys are experts and you can help me figure this out. Night sweat. Seven reasons you may be sweating at night. It wasn't sweating at night. Drinking before bedtime, I'm, so, I'm, I'm sober. Your stress level. Oh, here we go. If you're feeling anxious or stressed, no. I'm not. Life is good. I never worry about the small stuff. That's one of the secrets to being funny, I think. <laughs> you have to, like, uh, you have to be very relaxed, and every day has to feel like a good day. That's how the stuff comes out. That's how all the creativity comes out. Because if you're stressed out, you can't come up with stuff to say. Right? You can't come up with something that'll make other people feel good. If you have stress or anxiety and you go out into the world, the whole world's going to feel the stress and anxiety for you. Do yourself a favor. When you go out to reduce stress and anxiety, do not go into public places 
in uh, in a way that you're communicating to others, right? Don't go to a party when you're stressed out. Don't go to a nightclub when you're stressed out. Go to the beach, sit alone, you know, get away from people, right? So when you see th- when you see somebody in the distance, don't judge them immediately. You don't know what they're going through. If I see somebody at the beach by themselves, I'm like, man, that person must be stressed the f out. Um. <laughs> uh, I think this one is it. Your sleepwear and sleep environment. Everyone loves a, co- a sleep environment, but sometimes there's a fine line between being cozy and overheating. Yeah, I think that was it. I slept in one of those uh, couches that have a lot of fur on it. So maybe that's it. And it's also maybe the temperature. Duh, Manny. Maybe it's the temperature. It's called man on pause. Or it could be spicy food. It's probably massive amounts of stress. I like how you guys immediately assume that I'm suffering. Look at, look at you guys. Huh? Hey, you might be suffering, Manny. Go see a psychiatrist. You're suffering. <laughs> you don't even know me like that. I just tell you, hey, man, you know, I woke up sweaty from a nap. Yo, man, you are stressed out. You good? You got to see a professional about that. Assuming the worst. The medications you're taking, no medications you're going through. Menop- menopause. Oh, that's where, that's you, Mocha. That ain't me. No wonder. I can feel the menopause on the chat. Oh, sorry, Mocha. Just kidding. Just kidding. You have a sweating disorder. Not that I know of. You have an underlying medical issue, heart disease, depression, obesity, prostate cancer. Jesus, that's a, that's exactly what happens when you try to look stuff up online when it comes to health. It always comes down to, hey, man, you're going to die. Man, I woke up sweaty. Guess what? You dying. <laughs> You got, you got prostate cancer, you got HIV, you got heart disease, and you got cancer. Leukemia, the, the, the leukemia type. All right. Let's get down to the real reason for this podcast, everybody. So, great introduction. Thank you all for letting me know that I'm stressed out and that I have uh, underlying health issues. I appreciate your concern, everybody. But I like how you all immediately assume that I'm about to go down <laughs> because I took a nap and I woke up sweaty. Oh, man. All right. So today on my day off, I went over. I I highly recommend. You know what's a very uh, surprisingly good uh, museum here in the city of Miami? Go to Coral Gables uh, and go to the museum there. It's called, (laughs) creatively speaking, it's called the Coral Gables Museum. You might have heard of it. Uh, It's over by Ponce de Leon, I think. And let me tell you guys, man, this museum, if you guys have been there, put it on the chat. Let me know. Gas prices will do it. Yeah. Exactly, Vikes. The Coral Gables Museum has got to be one of the coolest museums I've ever visited, and it's very small, okay? But the reason why I liked it was because it's the story of a guy named Merrick that was brought up in the in the jungle that is Coral Gables. Like, before Coral Gables became a city, it was like a wet marsh of a jungle with uh, certain farmers... I guess Merrick was like the descendants of the founders of that area in Miami. And it tells his story on how this guy became um, so successful in being the son of a farmer that he started a whole city by surrounding himself with architects and designers and politicians. So, and then I remember I was reading the story of this guy, Merrick, and then he says, like, oh, I remember uh, you know, going back home and riding a horse and carriage and looking up at the stars 
and you know, hoping that one day people can appreciate this area of Miami more than I can. And then I built a city. It's like, it's like I like how they romanticize. I like how these people in history like romanticizing what they were thinking, uh, where the ideas came from, how a city came to be in this case. But for me, when I read that, I was like, yeah, right, bro. I'm pretty sure you were hanging out in a farm. You were very wealthy. Your family was very wealthy because it discovered Coral Gables. And then you were looking up at the stars after a hot, humid night full of mosquitoes. And you're like, you know what? I need to make this place. I need to bring some bitches to this place. This is boring. (laughs) You know what, man? I have a dream to bring nothing but the nightlife, whiskey, and bitches here in Coral Gables. I believe in myself that this marsh swamp of an area of Miami can be the number one place for vices. <laughs> and then when it actually happened, it's like, I didn't doubt myself for one second. I looked up at the stars and I remembered that I had a dream to make this place a wonderful city. It's like, nah, bro, that's not enough motivation. You said, I want some bitches in here. <laughs> and dude, it's a great story. It's a great story on how this guy Merrick uh, was the son of a farmer here in Coral Gables, and then he just built this city, you know, got certain help from the government to build the Coral Gables area and then turn it into, like, one of the best places in Miami, uh, even at the time, in the 1920s, you know, when the Roaring Twenties was happening, he was building it, and he was bringing in people, party people, he was bringing in nightlife people. Hell, someone, you know, the Vizcaya was part of the... Um, the people that moved to the area. A lot of people were partying hard in Coral Gables, man. And that, and even the history of Miami was people partying. And that's what's very exciting about our city. Like, even back then, you know, like, the people that founded Miami were very uh, inclined to drink a lot uh, and uh, not be so country like the rest of the nation. It's pretty funny when you look at the art and the photos of Coral Gables and Miami descendants like people from history that were building or being a part of Miami they weren't they it was like a bunch of party photos people playing the saxophone some girl dancing with a short with a short skirt there was even a photo uh, uh, a mannequin dressed up like someone like a, a flapper from the tw- 1920s as like look how short the skirts were and they showed more knee right and then like they, they would have like haircuts and they were all partying like great Gatsby style and I was like wow Miami even has a history of people just partying like that. And when you look at the way they promoted Miami, it was like people um, coming in with cars, with sunglasses on and these big hats. You know, during the time of the um, Prohibition era, people were bringing in, uh, you know, illegal gin and bottles of whiskey and then it was just flowing. And it's almost as if the people that were moving to Miami was like trying to, even even white people were trying to get away from white people by coming to Miami. Be like, yo, man, I can't stand these gringos up north, man. You know? Because when Miami was being cultivated, people up north were still wearing raccoon hats and hunting and just looking at the camera like, right? Well, Miami's like, yo, what are we in Miami? 1919. We out here partying. Right? Mike says that's how 11 came into existence. That's right. The history of 11 was spanned through generations of people trying to trying to party. Just, you know, the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s, even during the great uh, World War II, people just, hey, yo, we going to Miami, we partying, man. 
We, we got to make mistakes. We go to Miami to make mistakes. All right? We've made a lot of great decisions in other cities. We've cultivated our wealth. But now it's time to go to Miami and just ruin it all. So the history of Miami really is rich in partying. And that's what's awesome. You can see it in the history, man. People come to Miami just to party. All right? While people out there are being country, you know, they're cleaning horses and they're moving cattle and they they're, they got Grandpappy shotgun in the patio with his, uh, I don't know, with his rocking chair. People are coming to Miami and they're getting sex. They're doing drugs. They're selling uh, magic oil, right? Because, you know, back in the day, there were a lot of scammers. <laughs> That's back in the 1920s, 1910s. No, back in the late 1800s and 1910s, people were selling, like, magic in a bottle, right? People always like, here's some of this magic snake oil. There you go. Go ahead and rub that in any ailment you've got. And that was before the internet when you can sell stuff like that. You could just show up, right? You show up with your horse and carriage. Uh, I don't really think this would, I don't really think this would fly in Miami, but if somebody, uh, uh, I was reading a story about somebody that would show up with a horse and carriage and then they've got all this, uh, all these bottles of magic oil, and then they just sell it to people. I'd be like, dude, this, they only got away with this because there was no Yelp review. Right? Yelp, you, Yelp re- reviews really ruin everything. Like, nobody can really, like, go out there and, and create a hustle like, like these snake oil salesmen. Right? These guys would put lies in a bottle, sell it to you at premium price, and then disappear. Right? You can't find them on the Internet. There's no social media to find out who sold you that snake oil. <laughs> You can't leave a Yelp review. These guys are gone, right? Hey, wait a second. This magic girl doesn't do nothing for my scabies. Yeah, my shingles are still happening. What the hell? I took that shoe from my grandpappy's boot, man, and now he ain't got enough money for groceries. This guy really scammed us. You can't go online and look him up. He's gone. (laughs) Let that man live, you know? What up, chef? Tony, uh, and now we have Medicare fraud, insurance card accident scams. There you go. Look at Vikes making the, the direct connections from Miami's history all the way up to today. <laughs> back in the nineteen, back in the Roaring Twenties, people moved to Miami to get away from the country life and learn how to party, and that was the beginning of Club Eleven. <laughs> Back in the 1800s, people would sell snake oil in order to promote healthier living. And that is how insurance fraud came to Miami. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what, Mikes? You should be you should be uh, a historian. You should be a tour you should be a tour guide. And <laughs> just can make all those connections. You know? Did you know that Coca-Cola had cocaine in it? At some point, and that is how cocaine came to the city of Miami. <laughs> oh man, flappers came to Miami in droves when they found out all the wealthy people moved here because of the weather, and that's how Club Pink Pussycat came to be. <laughs> Dude, that would be such a great idea, Vikes. Like, if somebody did, like, a comedy tour guide and then just made all those connections like that with Miami, that would be, that would be refreshing. You know who wants to go out and hear the at real stories? People want to be lied to. Give me, give me something entertaining. You know these are all lies, right? Eh, as long as it's entertaining, it's all right. <laughs> 
I think people would pay for it. You know, you being on the bus, right, on the top, just lying to people, making connections of everything, right? And then, uh, all right, guys, we've got uh, souvenirs. We've got uh, snake oil, right? I got my own snake oil. If you guys want to buy some snake oil, make sure, you know, cash only. All right, I don't want this to be traced. Uh, I also got uh, some cocaine. If you guys want to try Miami's cocaine, I also got it here. All right, but don't tell nobody. <laughs> oh, man. Um, let's see. The historical facts about Miami. There's so many, right? Like, Brickle needs to have a museum like the one in Coral Gables. Um, yeah, like, Brickle was named after Will and Mary Brickle. They were once the earliest families recorded to have established a home and trading posts in the Brickle neighborhood of 1871. They purchased large pieces of land, just like Brickle now. <laughs> just people buying a whole lot to build a big skyscraper for, for people to pay $3,000, saying they're going to get the best balcony views, but the only balcony views they're getting is seeing other people paying $3,000. Land that was trading posts located at what is now Fifth Street and Brickle Ave. Miami's so full of history, and it, all, it almost seems like we don't really know it that well, right? I really want to start exploring the history of Miami and just, and just start, uh, you know, figuring out the funny of it all, right? Here are five fun facts about Brickell. Brickell was established in the mid-19th century. It was known as Millionaire's Road. That's a great name to give Brickell, even right now. Yo, we're going to go to Millionaire's Row. Um... <laughs> it, it's funny how in L.A. they have Skid Row, right? And then here in Miami, we have Millionaire's Row. Uh, this neighborhood is one of the fastest-growing destinations in the United States. A little too fast. It's, it's a little too fast. Over 17% of job opportunities in America include finance, insurance, and real estate. Because of its big city-like vibe, the Miami neighborhood mostly attracts a cosmopolitan of international demographic. It's, not, it's international, but like Latino international. Don't make it seem like we're accepting Europeans and Germans and, and uh, you know, people from that area or like Asia. No, it's only Latino, okay? I hate how Miami really tries to come off like it's a melting pot. It's not. All right, Miami? Just, just say we only want Latinos here, okay? Anyone else go to Sunny Isles uh, with... <laughs> We are a cultural destination in the United States. No, we're not. We've got Latinos, period. All right, fine, not Latinos. We've got Caribbean. Latinos and Caribbean, that's it. Why, why are we trying to come off like we've got a little bit of everything here? We don't. we got 118 bakeries within the same block. They're all Cuban, maybe one or two Puerto Rican and like three Colombian ones. That's it. Okay. You can tell how cultural a city is by the bakeries, by the mom-and-pop restaurants, all right? I've never seen anything past Latino, uh, maybe some sushi places, right? Because we, you know, we try to come off culture. Yeah, we like sushi. What kind of sushi restaurants you got? Uh, we got Sushi Saki. <laughs> you know, the biggest chain of sushi, right, in the, in the United States. They came down because we're cultured. Oh, man. What up, Pepe? Thank you for that. Uh, it is part of the Manhattanization. Oh, don't call it that. You, you know people are actually calling Brickle Manhattanization? 
That's almost like, that's an offense right there. I would fight whoever said that. Oh, this area is really nice. You guys are Manhattanizing this area. What? I would knock right there on site. Even if I heard a tourist, like, while I'm waiting across the street, and I heard a tourist saying, oh, this place is really getting Manhattanized. Slap. Hell no. Don't give Manhattan any credit for what's happening in our city. Okay? Manhattan, the city that never sleeps. It was sleeping during the pandemic. All right? For the first time ever. If anything, Miami is the city that never sleeps because of all the carbs, cocaine, and coffee. We're the real city that doesn't sleep. Okay? I call it Manhattanization. You guys are Manhattanizing Brickle. Mm -mm. (laughs) All right. Let's go to the chat here. Bike says, I got a Hawaiian shirt and a straw hat ready to be a tour guide. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you just go around and just ask for money. Uh, you want to get beat up. I would get beat up for the sake of podcast. If it brings up the if it brings up the ratings of this podcast, absolutely. I will get my ass beat for the sake of Miami. Yo, man, he got his ass kicked. What happened? He didn't like the fact that somebody said they were Manhattanizing Brickle. And so he kept his word. <laughs> like, he, like how he did on the podcast. He said he would slap him. And he did. And guess what? He got a Manhattan beat down. <laughs> that guy got his ass whooped by some guy wearing Manhattanized Timberland boots. All right, all right, let's end it right there. That was great. Uh, Thank you all. What's up, Michael? Uh, Victor, what's up, man? Uh, Thank you all very much for coming out to the Miami Comedy Podcast. We do this every day, 30 minutes. We riff about whatever, all right? Today was a a brief history of Miami and a little bit of why I was sweating during a nap. Uh, Apparently, I got to go see a neurologist at this point, right? According to what people were telling me on the chat. Oh, it could be a health underlying issue. You should go see a professional. You're sweating. People wouldn't even, people showing up to my funeral. Yo, man, I, I'll never forget the episode where he said he was sweating in his sleep, man. And, you know, we told him, we told him, man, you got you to go see somebody, man. That's not healthy. You shouldn't be sweating while you sleep. And he didn't, he didn't get checked up, man. Now look at him lying there. Is he sweating still? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, if you guys want to support the podcast, follow us on YouTube, MiamiComedy.com slash YouTube, thank you for those sharing the memes. Thank you for those sharing the podcast. I really appreciate it. I see you. All right, Instagram shows me who shares it. I appreciate all of you. Um, So do subscribe to the YouTube channel. I want that to be the big thing for this podcast. We already got some subscribers. Thank you. Shirts are sold out. Shirts are officially sold out. I got to work on the new design. All right. Um, So... Our next show will be Friday over at Thank You Miami Beer House, 9 o'clock. And then Sunday, we're at Tipsy Flamingo, 8 o'clock. And we've got a Thursday and Saturday night show coming. I'm going to be making the announcement uh, very, very soon, probably by the end of the week. So stay tuned for that. Thank you all for tuning in. I'll see you on the next show.